it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Viking Heads. Check out Viking Heads at vikingheadbait.com or Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. Um, also, we're, we're, I think, a month countdown almost from the PCS show. So here's an ad from the PCS show. Uh, we will be attending it. Um, okay, Crankers, it's showtime. Mark your calendars for the best fishing event of the year, the giant 14th annual Pacific Coast fishing show march 7th through 10th at the oc fair and event center in costa mesa the single largest gathering all things fishing in socal 217,000 feet of fresh and saltwater fishing fishing tackle boats marine accessories electronics kayaks sport boats lodgings landings resorts charter operations destination travel outfitters retailers and more come take advantage of the best deal of the year for major tackle retailers and boat dealers book a bucket list travel trip learn from some of the top names in sport fishing industries and one of the many in-depth fishing seminars Four full days of bass to bluefin, trout to salmon, long range to overnights, Baja to Costa Rica, mountain resorts, BC, Alaska, and everything in between. The 14th Annual Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Tackle and Boat Travel Show at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa. If it swims and humans fish for it, it's there. We will be there. Like I said before, we got to think of a name. It'll be me, statement. Um, actually, it'll be Caesar, Toxic Bait, statement myself in a row it'll be a lot of fun uh we're gonna have a ton of stuff i'm gonna have a ton of new stuff as well uh tons of heads deals going on so please come check us out it'll be a lot of fun um today i'm finally gonna get to the guest uh instead of it's the real don mormon not don osborne uh don came down for a arm wrestling tournament and uh christian hooked it up buddy of his he does it swim bait slinger um hooked up the podcast we finally got it so Don's been doing this for a long time. He's one of the OGs, and uh, he's from NorCal. He grew up down here, and he kind of talks about how he got into swim bay fishing and how some of the catches. He had 10, uh, well, 65 over 10 and two 14s. He has some really good catches. So thanks again, Don, for coming and uh, hanging out and doing the podcast. You can check him out on YouTube. He has a channel, some of the old catches uh, he had. Um I think we'll have one more this week. I think it's Justin Hill. We're going to be talking about boat stuff. 
And uh, that's about it. Sign up for the Patreon. I'm finally going to get around to announcing it this week because I've been so busy. But uh, $5 for the Patreon. There's just one level. If you like the podcast, you want to donate, 5 bucks for it. Would appreciate that. And a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify. Greatly appreciated. Hope you guys like this episode. Thanks. All right, welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. We've tried for this one for a long time. We've gone back and forth for years, um, and all the stars align today. We have the real Don Mormon, not Osborne, Don Mormon. <laughs> and that's a running joke with us because I, every time, for some reason, I want to call him Don Mormon, and he laughs. Yeah, I didn't win that HBC. <laughs> Don, caught the, Don, Don caught the 10-pounder, he the did. other Don. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talk about where you grew up and how you kind of got into fishing. I grew up Southern California. Uh, I got into fishing. Uh, it was pretty much my father. You know, he taking me fishing, and the first time he took me, I I loved it. I just there was something about just being on the water. You know, um, I didn't have to catch the fish. Uh, the first trip we went, it was really exciting too, because it was a day where we did a half day trip out of Santa Monica when they used to have the the uh they called it the back porch yeah and you could go half day full day trips the breakwater there was a little bit bigger back then too yeah and uh so was the pier in fact uh, but yeah uh we went on a trip and there were sharks and everything that day seen it was cloudy and that was fascinating i saw two thrashers i think come board yeah and I, what I think could have been a great white, just because of the size of it, passed by the boat. Because we were over, we were near the charter house, mm-hmm. you know. And I know they've, through time, they've seen them through there. So, uh, but anyway, I grew up, uh, went to Venice High, Marina del Rey, and uh, and I, I spent a lot of time fishing off uh, Captain Frenchy's dock, okay. which was in Marina del Rey. And it was a, a dollar an hour dock, but also a bait dock where yeah. people would come in and get. I think it's still there. And as a kid, it was a place that my dad could drop me off. Knew I would be safe. Uh, I guess Captain Frenchie down there, he dated my aunt. <laughs> so, and so there was some connection yeah. there, you know. And uh, that's so I, I spent a lot of time fishing down there in the ocean, catching uh, bonita, barracuda, some halibut. They'd come around the dock too. And then I. As I got older, I ventured out under the jetties and then did some surf fishing and uh, worked on one of the boats for a real short time. Oh, really? You had a little career in salt then? Well, yeah, I just, I, I loved, it was either, seemed like when I was younger, it was fishing or surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what turned and you? skating. Skating too. Yeah, oh, Marina, wow. we had Marina Del Rey Skate Park right there. Oh, true. Home of the dog bowl. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, Watch yeah. Tony Alva carve you, the dog bowl. Like, no way. On the, yeah, it was pretty bad. Did you watch the movie, the Dogtown movie? Uh, I hadn't seen it, no. You haven't seen it? No. It's It's pretty good. They redo the story and some, uh, it's a pretty good story. Yeah. But I'm sure you'll, you'll be I like... Kinda, yeah, I kind of lived it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, when I was doing the surf class in Venice, we had Alan Sarlo running by us. He goes, oh, there's Alan Sarlo, you know, <laughs> and all that stuff. And Chris Cahill back then. Yeah. I think I got one of his boards uh, that I ended up buying. But anyway. Nice. Yeah, on. no, that's cool. It's your, it's your story, so it's yeah. cool to hear these little things. <laughs> um, what turned you on to the freshwater fishing? Uh, my grandma lived up in Northern California, Oakdale. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we would go up there and visit 
And uh, I had one of her friends once take me out striper fishing. Or actually, it was for catfish at night. And I caught a striper in the river uh, with chicken liver. And uh, I thought, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I thought we were going to catch catfish. Yeah, and I caught yeah. a striper <laughs> ate the chicken liver. And uh, so that was my, f I think, my first freshwater fish up there anyway. Uh, I had fished a couple bass down here Irvine yeah yeah but I actually went there to trout fish but I ended up catching a couple bass with a blown up worm you know and all yeah. that kind of thing and uh so it wasn't really targeting on we were still going for trout and uh so I didn't think much of freshwater I just thought it was kind of the you know the sissy end of fishing yeah because <laughs> yeah. the ocean was so big and the fish were so big yeah and uh <laughs> So uh, anyway, I, I ended up uh, falling in love with one of the rivers down there. And I, and I actually was throwing the same uh, Rapala's, uh, uh, the, just the, the straight Rapala uh, and a countdown. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to throw those on the dock and around the jetties for Barracuda Bonita and that yeah. kind of thing. So I was throwing, I had those anyway. Well, sure, so I, your arm right there, there's a little bit of oh, stuff. So I threw them and uh, I ended up catching some bass on those. And, and I was tickled to death about the largemouth bass just because it came out rattling its head. It was a cool fish. So that's, I think, what kind of hooked me with the largemouth. Because once I, once I got honed in that that's a cool fish, I mm -hmm. want to go after those then that's what it turned into. So it all started pretty much once I went to Northern California. I moved up there when I was 20. Okay, so your your freshwater career kind of was up there, not down yeah, here. Yeah, okay. not down here, no. In fact, it wasn't, a, I didn't really try for largemouth until I came back down. Oh, no problem. Uh, just plug that, the back plug it came in. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And you just kick it up a little. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Uh, and uh, anyway, I, I came back down for a short time, and I fished uh, Lake Piru once, or no, twice. Caught a four-pounder out of there. That was tickled about nice, it. Nice, yeah. yeah. That was back when we had the color selector. Remember that? No, I, I, I'm right? only, I started okay. fishing at 29, <laughs> yeah, and well, I'm 43 right now. The so. things that I thought it was funny, because even when I used it, it didn't seem like it enhanced my fishing, but it seemed like when I was catching fish, and I tested it. It was showing the color that I was using. So I was like, I'll be damned, you know. And How did that work, the color uh, selector? It, I think it went by uh, the color of water, uh, maybe light penetration. Mm -hmm. uh, as you would may, maybe even, I don't know if it was temperature too, but uh, you would drop it down and it had a dial that would, that would show you the colors that were best fitted for that. Uh, type of water yeah, that type oh, of water. that's cool yeah so like if you were fishing tight cover you'd go up there and drop that thing in there and see what it reads you know if it was shaded versus sunny you know yeah so uh anyway that's yeah they were using ph meters back then <laughs> uh you know they were still flashers even yeah uh, the yeah. liquid crystal hummingbirds were squares big square liquid wow you know, the pixel was huge yeah so you, this is, you were like kind of on, and you were on the edge of, uh, well, I'm sure we can get to swim bait fishing too. Yeah, I got onto it. I think I got into it. People were, were still quiet. It was still kind of, from what, what I heard when I got started is that there was a group of people that kind of, or a couple groups, maybe north or south or whatever, that were kind of tight and then broke up. 
and uh, you know those you know there were a lot of people still doing it before mm-hmm. uh, Dana Ro- Dana Rosen yeah he was he's uh, up, uh... I remember him being in the magazines back then you know he was using Maxima the Best Buy test you know and he had it all together and had these giant limits that he was catching and but but even then a lot of people up north were just thinking it was a southern oh, they got the big ones all down there. We don't really have them that big up here, you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. And uh, I, I kind of didn't really... It wasn't until I actually saw a limit. Uh, Rob Bellany. Okay. Rob Bellany brought a limit in. And that would have been like 80... Or... Uh, would have been 90... 95? Wow. Something like that. Anyway, he brought in a big limit, and uh, it was 37 pounds. And we'd done that tournament, and we bedfished, you know. Uh, it was a NorCal Open, uh-huh. and the year before, we got third. And so we did it again. We, got, we took f- fifth, but Rob, Rob and his partner, uh, Chris Van Cliff, mm-hmm. uh, they came in with 37 pounds, and that was all I needed to see. I that was at Lake Don Pedro, and I was like, I just want to live that limit. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter money or tournament. I just want to catch those fish or live that day. Yeah. And so I sent a message to Rob. I said, congratulations on the tournament win. Um, I I was uh, I was curious about the swim bait thing. Uh, and I asked him what would be a good entry rod and reel to get in, and it was Akuma and Cardiff, he said. And because, you know, again, as I said it before, but uh, I wanted to stay married. You know, I couldn't tell my wife that all the stuff I have is obsolete. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, all this stuff I have, well, I need more because it doesn't work for it. What do you mean, you know? I mean, yeah. I wanted to stay married. So I thought that that, you know, a couple hundred bucks, I could try it. And that still wasn't cheap. And uh, and I, the first day out, I caught a five-pounder. And that was with a river to sea bottom walker. Really, and it's about a five-inch bait, mm-hmm. and uh, I I caught that five-pounder, and it was just that five-pounder was enough to keep me going because I always believed that the five-pounder was hard. Always oh, caught two pounders, maybe a three for your best fish for a day on any given day. Mm-hmm. You know, you never saw very many fives. At least I didn't. And uh, so I was, I'd be really tickled if I got a five plus at any given trip. So since I got a five, I was like, well, it was the only fish I caught, but it was still one that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I stuck with it, and it didn't take long for me to get my first 10. I think it was probably a couple months. In, but On that same bait? Yes, on wow. the bottom walker. Okay. <laughs> and it, it was, I was actually chasing shad up in a cove. And they were balled up in this cove, and there was a lot of three or four pounders that were blasting it. And even then, catching those three or fours were still fun. Yeah. And I was swimming this through, and they would hammer it. And I could even feel the bait, you know, going through the bait, because they were big shad. And so I thought to myself, you know, in rumors, they always say a bigger one's hanging around somewhere. So I thought, well, I'll just cast out and bring it into this Mm -hmm. and i did in the first cast i cast it out you know and i didn't realize that at the time that that was actually an area that 
would pay off. Yeah. Kind of thing, you might say, or the structure was right. So I threw out and it hit bottom. And as soon as it hit bottom, I turned like a couple times and felt the thump. I set the hook and my line started cutting up to the surface. And I just was like, no way. No way. And it shook its head, and I, and I was nervous. You know? I was like, because this was my biggest fish on the swim bait. I had three tens prior okay. uh, through 20 years of not throwing swim baits. Yeah. So uh, once I got that, that fish in the boat, I think I was really addicted then. Did because you? the 10 pounder came so quickly you know i had 20 years of three 10 pounders yeah, yeah. and within a couple months i boated one just sticking it out so it made it worth that grind uh, you know of not catching were you throwing the swim bait religiously at that time like all that's all you were doing yes okay there's no picking up a jig nothing like that just throwing that swim no bait. i get that way with stuff yeah. i get i get too if this is what I'm going to go after, this is what I got to do, then I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm never going to learn this if I'm throwing that, you know, because I think that's what made me better at it was just grinding it out uh, because you get sick of not catching. So you better figure something out yeah. or do something different mm -hmm. uh, or you're going to go home with nothing again. So the the cool thing is, is you're learning kind of all this on your own because there's no YouTube. There's no, no. Google. Nobody was telling me yeah, anything. Yeah. No. So you're just going, how long did you stick with that bait till you're like, man, I got to get a different bait to try something different? Um, actually, I was doing a, a job for um, a guy named up north, Art Romero. Mm -hmm. He's done an Angler of the Year a few times years back, and he's still going at it. But he, I did a... A drywall job for him and uh he asked me have you uh heard of the swim baits thing you know and i said yeah actually i'm doing it you know and i yeah. i told him i got my first 10 pounder and everything and and he goes did you have you heard of the huddleston and i said what's a huddleston <laughs> he goes well <clears throat> you can't get them right now they're you know, he's. I guess they were sold out at the time. I think he was getting ready to move to get out of California and move to Nevada, and uh, but they were sold out. And uh, he asked. He said, "He goes, come here. Let me check it. Let me let me show you." And he had a pool in the backyard, and he started swimming that thing. And I was just looking at it swim, thinking, "So how do we get these?" <laughs> you know, I'm watching this thing go by, and and uh, he said, "Well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll uh, take a." 30 bucks off the job and give you one. I'm like, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm like, 30 bucks. Gosh, you know, <laughs> I, came lot, right? I came glued uh, <laughs> over Lucky Craft being 15, okay? <laughs> so $30 bait. At first, it never touched the bottom. Never. I caught everything on the surface or subsurface. And I was going usually at a pretty good click because of it, because the first bait that I got was a ROF 12. Okay. And so I just wanted to make sure that wasn't going to get lost. <laughs> well, uh, but again, I think that made me learn some things too, because of the catching them different ways. Whenever, whenever people started preaching slow, you know, I had got, just got done catching a whole bunch, burning it, busting the surface, making the bait do an L mm -hmm. uh, and just doing different things with it. Um, and I think it wasn't until I got snagged, had a lure retriever and I got it back like it was nothing. 
And then I got it back and I got it back and I got it back and I'm like, oh, it's game on. I'm not afraid anymore, you know? Yeah. Which you still end up losing a few. Um, but uh, catching the fish, it seemed like if you weren't, you know, the cover enhances the structure. So if you find those places, uh, you, you might lose a few baits. That was until the wee list came out. Mm-hmm. And then I did good on, with that too. So, um, but that's where I ended up going with the hut. getting in the swim swim bait. And it just, uh, once I got the HUD, uh, it just ended up later on, you know, I got hooked up with 316 for a while and, and then uh, the depths came out. I hung out with the 316, and then we kind of uh, faded off. And then I got me a couple uh, depths 250s, and then that was was that a game changer up there for you? Yeah, the HUD and the the HUD and the depths are the only two baits for me that got me 50 pound limits. 50 pound. 50 pound limits. You, I got, what was I, your first? Talk I have, about your first one. I have three 50 pound limits. Well, if you count the 48 pound limit. <laughs> I count that. Well, I'll okay. <laughs> so if you, if you count the 48 and my 350s, those are all from four different lakes. Wow. So, and there there would be two, two of those would be HUDs. And no, I take that back. The three would be HUDs and one would be the 250. And the 250. One is, I have it on YouTube. Nice. My wife's netting it. <laughs> so I had two 11s in that limit. And what was your the, the first 50-pound uh, limit? How did that go? How did the day go? Like, were you not expecting that at all? Um, or were not you on that. a bite? Yeah, were you on a bite? You're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I was on a bite. The bad thing was is I had a, a guy that was that I knew that I – I had talked to about using HUDs, so anyway, I know they had them already, but I think I sparked that bite because mm-hmm. I talked to him previously. And anyway, he was on one of the spots that I wanted to get on, and I knew that the way it was going, that that was going to go off in about 30 minutes. Okay. I mean, it was timed like that. And I was like, wow, what do I do? Because uh, I saw him zinging a HUD, and so I just kind of headed towards him like I was going that way and then I headed towards the next uh spot and he fired up and beat me to it and I turned around and went back to it and I camped out (laughs) and I ended up catching my first three fish on a HUD was uh I got a uh I believe it was a a six and an eight or or a no a six a six a seven and then a 13 and then that bite shut off. I mean, I fan casted and I didn't get hit again because it was wide open. Those three hits came real quick. Mm-hmm. Those fish, like within a few casts. So I just turned around and went to the surface, and I got a 11 and a 12 back to back on the surface, back to back cast too. Yeah. And so after I got those two, I had five in the well. I went out into deep water, and I did pictures and let them all go, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I went back up there and I caught one other small one and that was it, a six pounder. And then I went on that day to continue with a 17 fish day where I averaged over seven pounds. And, and it was, uh, every spot I went to that day paid off though, you know? And again, it, it was, uh, that was one of those days where I was like, where does this go? You know? I mean, I never dreamed for one that many fish, let alone a seven-pound average, 
or having a 13 in it to uh, three double digits the same day, including a teen. Um, that's kind of stupid to say. And if I would have told myself I was going to catch that years ago, I would have thought, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You're catching carp, you know. <laughs> um, did you, did you uh, make sure that you were kind of like hush-hush about it? Because no, you actually, let people know like, hey, I'm catching them this way. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I started open. It was I started open arms, and then people made me close them. Um, I started getting warnings from people that were already in the know, too, from, you might say, the early groups. Uh, don't say anything, kind of like don't talk about the bite to other people right, kind of stuff. Okay. Right. I even had the big guy call me up and tell me, <laughs> Hey, Don, uh, ease up a little bit. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you got to ease up a little bit. You're throwing too much out there. They can't handle it. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm just posting as it goes. Were you posting on a group? Uh, that was Swimbait Underground. You were a lot posting of it on Swimbait. Okay. Because, yeah. see, I, I quit for two years, uh-huh. uh, the Swimbait thing, because of uh, the arms it closed, because of the the obvious kind of spot jump kind of thing you know and and guys really wanted it to be the guy and i was like well if you guys want it that much i'll back out you know uh you can have it mm -hmm. so i quit fishing for a couple of years and just surfed again it just made turn turned you off the whole yeah experience it kind of turned had. me off yeah in fact i i tried to sell all my stuff in fact i was no that way. i was that you're that irritated. like done with it yeah i i can find a stoke some other way you know um but then I realized after a couple of years that, man, fishing don't go away. It, it never has in my life. Well, maybe it taught and, you to and like. I can't. No, it made me approach things different. There you go. Yeah, it made me approach things differently. Um, where, you know, it, it was. Uh, you know, when I first came back, I, I said to myself, I'm not even going to chase a big bass. And I go to my first spot and I start slinging a hood. And I got bumped. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not going to start doing this again. We went out there. We threw cranks, drop shots, spoons. We threw everything. Could not get bit. I looked at my, the, my partner that was with me, and I said, you know, if it's going to be this tough, I'm going to try for a big one. So we went back over there. Sure enough, first day back after two years, I stuck a 10. And, and I was, it's just, it's adrenaline rush, you know. And uh, I just... I was like, wow, that, that still feels the same, you know, it didn't go away. And then the next trip, I, I stuck another 10, back to 11, I think it was. Wow. And I was done at that point. <laughs> I'm back. I'm, I'm going to keep throwing them again. <laughs> so the testing of a lot of baits can throw you off your game, though, if, if you're on a game. The reason why is because you don't know if they're going to like it anyway. And you try to make them take it sometimes, and uh, not always do they, you know. So it seemed like when, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying you don't catch fish, I'm, I just didn't catch like the trophy kind of thing. So when I ever, like the weedless HUD came back out, that threw me back on the HUD again. <laughs> Next thing you know, I got an 8-8 eight, eight spot on yeah. the, and a 12-pounder. Uh, wow. Yeah, so... Uh, that weightless spot, uh, that weightless HUD, really made a difference going through trees. What about the three sixteen baits? Because those, I mean, he Mickey kind of. I know Mickey's uh, 
hates everyone, including me. So, right. <laughs> um, but he's had made his his uh, mark. Right. In in the I swim caught bait. a lot of fish on his baits. Did you remember when those first came out and kind of when you when you got involved with it? How about that? When I got involved, uh, it was throwing the. He's had the the broken. Actually, I got the uh, the one up. It was the one up. Although I altered it, and all I did was I took a. I took a back weight out um, because it was a slow sink. Uh-huh. And the one-up was a 9-inch hard bait. It was either 9 or 10. I think it was 9. Uh, and it was a three-piece. And uh, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I ended up taking the back weight off, which turned it into a, a floater. Mm-hmm. But whenever I would crank it, it would go torpedoes, just subsurface, you know, and and then and if I put my rod down, I could even make it dive. So I could make that bait do you know some fun stuff on the surface, and that's what I caught the back to back eleven and twelve on the, my first fifty pound limit. Yeah. So uh, Mickey's baits were still a big part of all of this journey for me. You know, I mean, two two double D's back to back eleven twelve on a bait. <laughs> That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's what I mean. And that was a, that was kind of a a, a different bait because you know it was something different for the time. Yeah, yeah, for the time, right? right. Because that was uh, uh, they were still throwing lips on some of them for the wakes and yeah. that stuff. So yeah, that was because uh, it was actually Ken at uh, the Sacramento show. Mm-hmm. It was Ken Huddleston that introduced me to Mickey when okay. they had. Uh, Swimbait Nation uh, booth, and that was one of the first Swimbait forums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And one. Uh, hearing about it. Yeah, and Swimbait Nation was uh, they had a, a booth where some people combined, and Mickey was in there too. Ken was in there, and uh, Butch was in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ken introduced me to Mickey, and then Mickey handed me. He goes, he goes, I, I want to show you a bait. And Mickey put that one up in my hands, and I looked at it, and I go, man, that thing's badass. I can't remember if it was like what it cost. Maybe it was 150 or something. When you were like, whoa. And I was, again, the HUD, 30 bucks. You know, I mean, that was draw the line. And I looked at him, and I said, I'm just a poor construction worker. And he goes, I am too. I build these, you know, kind of, well, you got me there, you know? So, and it's like, well, you know, I brought that much money to buy HUDs, uh, but I have HUDs, you know? Yeah. I don't have this bait, so I bought it. So, 
And I was glad I did, again, because that did make a big part of that first big limit, you know, which, again, all that opens your eyes. When things happen more and more often, it changes how you think of things. So, you know, like like when uh, oh, they caught that big limit at Shasta, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were, I wasn't surprised. And they said, why aren't you surprised? And I said, because he's a big bait. So, uh, I know what those, what the, nothing 50 pounds or less surprises me out of any waterway because I still believe that there's still enough growing time in these bass in our areas shasta doesn't freeze over Mm -hmm. you know um they're gonna eat they're still gonna eat they might slow down but they're gonna eat and uh, and that proved it by him catching those big bass that's big spot big large mouth that those swim baits will get them there too again it's not uh they don't work all the time for you Mm -hmm. you know and and i don't i still believe live scope should be changing all that uh, you know, I haven't fi- followed any of the swim bait live scopers. Um, I haven't followed any of that. But I it's think crazy. That, <laughs> that that should be opening more eyes. They should have more to teach uh, because they're seeing it. Me, my my live scope was my bait. Uh, <laughs> you know, really. I mean, I'm I'm gauging everything by uh, getting hits or followers or catching. You know, and obviously, but. Uh, Otherwise, I'm going by structure. My mm-hmm. game was built upon structure. Uh, so are you really good bottom. jig fisherman then? Uh, actually, I didn't do a lot of jig. I did more Texas rig. Okay. More like either big brush hog or big worm or something that can change out everything quicker than just a trailer. Yeah. Okay. And and I, I, seemed, I was happy with that. Because mm-hmm. a couple of my first two double digits were on big brush hogs. So... Being that that's the case, that, you know, one was with a jig, but two were brush hogs. So, and then uh, again, it, it, uh, I think everything like that is preference, you know, uh, confidence. You know, what are you catching? If you're if you're catching and you're holding, it's working. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not wrong. So, I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy setups where people catch fish and it's like but they're catching right so yeah whatever works for you you can't say nothing (laughs) you know (laughs) so um when you uh at the time you had mickey's bait there wasn't really any other really garage builders as much anyway garage builders like a garage built bait or were there other Um, baits on the up and coming just they were just starting. There was people already trying to copy Ken's stuff, mm-hmm. and the hard bait thing was still kind of out there. I think a lot of people. Uh, it seemed like Mickey was above or beating the game on that on the yeah. jointed ba- baits, uh, and then you know when BBZ came in the game, uh, they kind of had more of a, you know, like like a general base. Uh, price kind of bait you know and it ran true uh even though some people had trouble with fins and stuff at first and that kind of stuff but they caught fish and i think as as long as they caught fish that people were happy so uh people were catching fish with that one and 316 both and uh then you had uh uh what was it again uh 
few of the other guys coming out with other hard baits, you know. Rago, and, you had Rago yeah, too. Yeah, and Rago was out there too, though. He yeah. was he was still a lot on the on the soft bait too, and you know, uh, I guess he was kind of almost combining the two also. Mm-hmm. So Castake had some out there that where they were co- combining the two, but some of those didn't run that true. Um, the perch did, I guess, a little bit. Uh, on that hard head that they had but the hard head big bait sometimes those big ones didn't it was more of a like a big twitch bait you might say or yeah. better for that you know yeah <laughs> plus you had matt lures coming out right yeah uh, which matt lures he, i used some of his lures too especially his hard bait that surface one that was a fun one yeah uh and that was a surface glide uh, but uh yeah, a lot of people started coming out, and I think, you know, the market starts getting flooded, and people start looking at cost. Every, a lot of things start just getting based upon cost, you know, because a lot of people that go out fishing, you know, they can't really afford yeah. that much for a lure, uh, especially if they're bank fishing. They're afraid of losing it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid in a boat with yeah. lure retrievers, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, you can't blame them for looking for something that's uh maybe a little bit more expensive once they start hitting the market um sometimes those don't work as well sometimes they work as good or better so it's still everything is kind of feel it out you know and and every waterway is different yeah you know i mean where again where i'm preaching hud and 250 this guy's better off throwing, you know, uh, uh, something else. Yeah. Uh, or a different combo of things. And you're a NorCal, so it's, you think it's a little yeah. different up there than it is down here? <laughs> no. No? No, because I came down here and fished the Irvine Swim Bait only tournament that we won with the underground oh, really? guys with my wife. Yeah. What did you uh, take? How big was the fish? Uh, I think that it was six pounds was the big one. Nice. We, we, caught, we caught three of the five, me and my wife. Wow. She caught one, I caught two, and, and there were two other boys that did boated one on a swim it was swim bait only okay and i went i went i actually would stayed with mickey oh uh, nice that night and and uh went there the next day so i didn't know we were going to do a tournament though (laughs) but i still i still got a map of the lake you know and still wanted to i still like to know the water because i'm not going to go out there i i hate burning bank yeah i like having a game plan looking at a structure and i follow that game plan on that structures or on those structures what what do you usually look for if you're looking at a new lake uh long points humps uh reefs uh see what where cover enhances things points where creeks come out uh most of it's still a lot of gradual stuff. But again, if the cover's there, it enhances where, like over there at Irvine, I caught them in that, that back creek where the two points come out, where the trees are out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that was kind of really obvious spot. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't in, I had kind of a, a kind of a clockwise pattern of places I was following. You know? yeah. I started over on the far end and worked my way back, and then I ended up there and started getting hit and stayed there which i started getting hit 
around the time I usually start getting hit, though. So <laughs> there's, there's kind of, for me, uh, there is a time window for me. You're, are you a big, uh, like, sunrise, moon moonrise kind of thing? Do moon, you, look at, moon, you look a lot of that? Oh, the moon plays definite role. And the uh, pressure, too? Because, I, yeah, because okay. all my big catches, I made my own moon chart. So, and that's with 1%, 2%, 3%, all the way to 100%, you know. And I did this whole moon chart and logged all my bites. And in that, when you pan out and you look at that whole chart, there is definite groups around your new moon, your full moon, and your half moons are scattered. Uh, the half moons are scattered because it's not a uh, like a big limit bite, you would say, but a big fish was caught. Okay. So it was like a really dead day. But, man, you got that one yeah, good bite. Yeah. Okay. So those seem to occur on a half moon. And <laughs> the... But then, the, you know, the full moon and the new moon thing is almost like a regular fishing chart. Okay. Uh, you know, everything at, uh, coming up before, you know, say the five days, bef- six day, five, six days before the full moon, it, it comes up and, and, and has a good bite in those days and then uh, tapers off pretty quickly afterwards okay. to, to nothing. I mean, to nothing. And then the same for the, the new moon, but it's tighter it's a tighter window, maybe just two or three days, where it was really clustered and then dropped off to nothing rapidly afterwards. Yeah. And then again, that, again, the sparks on the fifty percent. So usually you're hitting those moons that. No, I didn't. No. No. I fished when I could. When you could, you didn't care. You just wanted to know what. <clears throat> no, I'm, moon. A, I'm a guy that likes to go against the grain anyway. So I, I, I wanted to prove my own band chart wrong. <laughs> I'm serious. You'll catch him anytime, right? I, well, yeah. I wanted to. I, I didn't want that to dictate that oh, that's when I'm going to catch him. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's still, I'd still come up a blank. Yeah. So even though I went out there determined all hell, and everything would even seem right, you know, yeah. uh, conditions, everything, uh, but it just didn't. It wouldn't pay off. So I believe the moon phase does, but I just still believe there's times, and the windows change. Uh, as seasons and time and more sunlight, you know, as the days get longer and that, mm-hmm. uh, I think that time window starts changing somewhat, a little bit. But for the most part, I quit coming to the lake before 9 a.m. Before 9 a.m.? Before 9 a.m. You don't, why is that? Because it was a waste of time to me. You never caught him in the morning? No, no, it wasn't worth it. it wow. was, all it was was grinding out disappointment. <laughs> five hours of nothing and you're you just that gets old you know uh when you start seeing things again repeating and you start honing in on that and it shows that it keeps happening there's something to that now the only thing is is i still kind of believe that these areas that we meet up at these times that's just an area that they're they're active I think they might bail from there. Again, I don't have live. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's just an area of where the maybe the smorgasbord is happening, you might yeah. say. Because they're definitely feeding. Um, I caught the same double D before in the same spot, same bait, depth's 250, uh, four days later. <laughs> so uh, when I first caught it, uh, it just went barely over 12 pounds. And it was crapping everywhere, all over the boat, just <laughs> oh, wow. nasty. 
And anyway, it was crapping all over the boat and anything. Put it in the well. We get it and go. And four days later, I catch it again. And now it's upper 11. So it lost a couple ounces, I guess, you know, in there. Yeah. Because it was like, ended up like 11.15 or something just under. Yeah. You know, I don't count those as the next weight. If you it keep it at 11.15. 11. Yeah, it's, it's 11. You didn't make it. Okay. <laughs> nice try. But I wanted it to. But no, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't count those. Yeah. Um. How big do electronics play when you're when you're going for big fish? Are you turning off your electronics? Do you think the fish do hear the clicking or anything like that, or can feel the, the you know? I've done, you know, I've 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 done it all when it comes to that, and I've, it's it still has not shown me that. And, and I think that might be because the distance. It also might be because. Uh, the distance of the cast to me was important, mm-hmm. uh, keeping me away from the fish because they know their environment as it is, and the longer you can stay away from them, it's kind of like when you, even when you see all bed fish and it's skittish, mm-hmm. you know, if you be, if you know where that bed is, and you back off far enough, you'll get it to hit easier, you know, and it's kind of the same principle. The more you're further away from that fish, I think the better off. Because a lot of people that see followers, I think they might, some of them might be having short casts mm-hmm. and they're running out of time. They didn't have enough time for to that get fish it to, to commit. commit. Okay. Yeah. Makes okay. sense. So if you're doing short casts, I think you're going to just see a lot more followers. And I'm not saying that's not exciting, but holding the fish is much more. <laughs> and, and long casts, I think, maybe helped. Yeah. Uh, again, when it's not broke, you don't try to fix it either. I cast it off a lot of baits because I'm heaving. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing really a smooth, smooth cast. I'm really putting it to it to try and get it out there. So um, I think that helps. And, uh, uh, again, the, the approach, too, how you approach it. Your first few casts make a difference. Um, you know, you don't want to blow up a place. I think sometimes two, two, three people bombarding at the same time is just too much. Uh, maybe, but, uh, one isn't, you know, uh, that's going to get more curiosity, but whenever you get one splashing, uh, I'm sure that makes eyes look, you know, so as they're checking that out, then another splash comes and it's like, you're, you're taking away. I used to tell people that wait till, wait till I'm halfway in before you go. Yeah. You know, at least that way. And even maybe spread out unless it's a certain target you know but see even then at least let me come halfway into where that way when you throw you're not gonna mess up anything if i got a follower because again i don't have life sonar <laughs> i got hds5 there you go. i mean that's that's the beginning of the mapping and all that and, yeah you know so uh i mean i i usually metered for fish when i left a spot i mm-hmm. fished it first uh because it mattered how i approached it you know and uh, and like I said, the time window, I, I, it wasn't important in the morning for me. Yeah, yeah. More important, uh, you know, doing that uh, late a.m., midday, and then again in the afternoon. There was usually two feeds a day. Is uh, I know Butch was getting a lot of afternoons, mm-hmm. and I, that's probably because he's lining out his guys and his work. And yeah. So then he come, gets some time off and gets that afternoon bite because I think he thought I had – a lot of afternoon bites too i had some yeah i had some good afternoon bites but mine were generally the better ones am 
Really? Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, how many tens do you think you've caught? 65. 65 10? Yeah. Wow. Well, over 10. I yeah. have seven in the teen class. What's your PB? 14 something. I got two 14s. Well, um, what was it on the HUD? Uh, one on a depths, one on a HUD. Wow. Yeah. How did that line up that day? And what, what were you kind of using gear wise well, as well? <clears throat> when I got the 14, the PB, uh, that was a uh, real rainy day, um, real stormy. Uh, my frog togs. I was still getting soaked. It, <laughs> it was just getting in. Um, and I had caught uh, uh, two sevens and an eight on this spot. But then I cast it out a bit, and it, they shut down. You know, they turned off. I got three of their buddies in the well, you know, mm-hmm. and they shut down. So I thought, I'm just going to give it a rest. I'm going to go over here to this other spot really quick. There's not that many people out here, but there were a couple people on the inside. And so I moved off, and a boat started up after I moved off, and he went out where I was, and he started circling and crisscrossing, and I thought, man, I just blew it. You know, he's going to get on there now, and he took off. And then that made me scared. Like, I'm not going to get back on there if I don't get back on there now. (laughs) So I went back over there, (coughs) and... uh, I ended up catching the the fourteen and a nine, wow. and uh, I caught the 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 nine first. Okay, and I was already pumped. You know, I already got these four fish. Now, even though I don't have a ten, but uh, two sevens, eight, and a nine. Yeah, that's a good day. <laughs> and uh, and then when I caught that fourteen, I was just I I didn't even know what to think. I, I knew that was the biggest fish I ever caught. Yeah, you know? I had uh, a couple thirteens. They were 13, I think it was 13, 7. And uh, I caught two of them, different legs, same weight. And when, I, when that happened, when that was my PB at the time, <laughs> and I caught that other one, I weighed that thing three times. <laughs> Come on, you got to go one. Nah, you're not going to do it, are you? And it didn't go. So it stayed 13, 7 for a while. But I knew that was had to be. It just had that look. And it went 14, 9. And then... Uh, uh, that I ended up with a what was it forty seven pound limit uh, that day oh, with a fourteen, and then with the depths the depths fourteen is on video really that that was wow. cast to catch on that one yeah yeah and that one there there's that one there is funny too because the trip before that I caught a fifteen pound cat and these fish <laughs> these fish were in thirty five feet of water yeah you know? and I caught this. 15 pound cat and i have that on the tail end of one of my videos and uh but the way it fought it just stayed down you know down yeah down, yeah down, down down and then finally come up at the at the boat and it was a pretty mean cat though and uh that's what this 14 did at the end of a cast uh, i mean i'm i'm counting it down i'm, I'm counting down to like 100 you know something <laughs> like that because it's 35 feet and adepts like a rof3 yeah you know, so I'm counting forever, and finally I can see that my line touches down, and right exactly when I see it touch down, I see a jump in my line. I crank down, set that hook, and battle's on, but I think it's a cat. By the way, no line cutting up, no nothing, because almost always they want to shake their head. They yeah. Wanna, they want to get what's in their mouth stuck free. That's the only reason why they do that, and they could do it out of the water better. And... uh so anyway, it it uh, stayed down, and I was surprised when it came up, and I saw that big head, and it was a bass. 
another 14. That's so. amazing. Yeah. How, how do you like fishing the 250? I like it. Uh, oh, I mean like oh. style. Like, do you like, you know? <laughs> the, my favorite, I guess, um, I like when they stop it. I guess when they're taking it aggressively. Mm -hmm. uh, more with a kind of a pump uh, where you're like a seven to one reel where you're feeling that boom, 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 that pump of mm -hmm. that lure driving back and forth and then you feel it slow down at like a pause you kind of sweep your rod as as it's pausing to where you don't lose contact with the bait because mm -hmm. if you just stop you will you know it'll keep going you know if you stop so uh keeping that contact with the bait and then grinding down again and and uh it's kind of almost like uh it's really a giant rip bait almost that's what know? i was gonna say right yeah, yeah but you're using your reel because it's seven to one so it's going at a good click and uh but when they stop that yeah that's when uh i think i like that the most is, was that a majority of the fish you caught on that cadence no no okay you asked me what was my favorite <laughs> what was your, what's the cadence <laughs> <laughs> what's the cadence the, the that works that, best for you <laughs> the one that caught the most um it would still be a mix but i i, I think the one that did the best would be at least uh, a touchdown okay a touchdown to the bottom and i think that's just because uh you get to cover a lot of the water column then you're not doing a surface or just subsurface or anything like that and you can pause that bait though on a slow retrieve to where they'll hit it like a Senko. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had some of those hits coming on the fall are big bites. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, they'll hit it like a Senko. Uh, I've only caught, you know, probably only a couple two with a HUD like that, uh, for the most part, but, to me, anytime your swim bait hits the water, you should be watching that line and being aware for, because again, it's only a tick, you know, and that tick could be that bait hitting the back <laughs> of the throat, you know. Yeah. So, because again, they got a big mouth. They inhale, especially a soft bait. Yeah. Soft baits usually go head in all the way in, turn, hook, and then the hard baits get hooked in the face because they can't go in and turn. So uh, they end up usually stuck out on the outside somewhere. When you were casting out that 250 and letting it sink and touch the bottom, oh how yeah, how did you get think of that, or how did you like start going? Maybe I should sink this out, and especially because you were kind of like, I don't want to lose this bait. I cleared the area first with a head. You said the recon. I'll sacrifice the thirty dollar lure for uh, to make sure that the two hundred one is clear. because yeah. they were going for two hundred back then. You wow! Know? And some people were paying over two hundred. They were hard to get then as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially like a, the flash trout was like a favorite. Those OG ones, you know, uh, the OG ones had a little different feel. Butch did a good job tuning uh, him too with the foam fill and yeah yeah because he sent me a couple that were foam filled and he asked me what i thought and i said yeah i think he hit it mm -hmm. you know because it felt like the ogs more were uh that contact was just greater yeah 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 it's it's uh it's it's uh funny to hear that you know when you when you drop that bait low and i had another guy i think big rob was telling me he does the same thing or mm -hmm. something like that and i'm like i I'm so scared to lose that fucking Well, the first yeah. time I lost one, 
I I bought an Aquaview. Oh, to find it. Yes. And I got them. You got it back. Yes. Oh. I got a couple of them back. No way. And I proceeded to lose them later. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I got the, a couple back. I dove for one. Well, I dove for a couple, but only got one. Oh, um, in fact, that's on video. It, it shows the lure hit the deck cause I dropped it. It was raining, stormy, windy boat was rocking. The bait hits the hits the deck bounces on the deck again. And then does a slide slowly over the rail. And boy, I don't know if I just screamed or if I said the <laughs> F word in that scream, but it was loud. And I went back the next day and I thought, man, after the storm, it's going to be muddy. I'll never find it. And man, it was had this little clearing right around where I dove down and I was able to find it. Oh, shit. And I come up at the top. Yeah, it's $200. <laughs> Risk my life for it all by myself out here diving for this damn bait. You know? <laughs> what, um, what line? were you using or do you like using and uh was your, what did you go through different like trials of, of different lines and no, work better i just went heavier line of what i was already using okay and i i'm a line changer so and i was using copolymer just a uh, wrap mono really mm -hmm. uh and uh i was using the copolymer uh, p-line original and I used that when it first came out. We used to buy it sometimes on the bottom of Long's drugstore shelf, you know. And anyway, I bought that, uh, and that's what I used. And and then whenever uh, I started swim baiting, I just upped the test. Okay. I started with the HUDs with 20, but then I still had a couple cast-offs. So I went to 25 with a HUD, and I settled for 30 with the depths. 250 cardiff you're still using the same reels no i i ended up going down because the, i wasn't tri proficient i'm not catching no musky i'm not really catching anything to me the big bass only take really drag drag if you give it to them mm -hmm. uh if your equipment handles them you should be able to bulldog them in uh, and because you got to keep the forward pressure anyway mm-hmm you know, when people say, well, the treble hooks, you know, you need more tip. And it's like, these treble hooks are three small gaffs, <laughs> which are like jig hooks back to back. Yeah. I'm going to bury that one as much as I can, too. You know, uh, it doesn't, it's not like a skin hook, you know, like the little ones on a crankbait. So mm -hmm. that's a good stiff rod to bury them hooks. And uh, plus the stiffer rods, even though that's what I used, I, I, uh, I was using that mono, which had that stretch. Yeah, yeah. So, uh Again, that that helped with the the combo, you might say, of the extra heavy with the the copolymer. Line. What uh, what rod and reel were you using? Are you using? And now? I ended up well. Mine now would be uh, still Phoenix. I still have uh, some HUD rods, uh, and I use those still. And I have uh, I got some Phoenix uh, uh, inshore M1. I'm, I'm okay yeah and that's the that's really i think the ocean one is what it is so uh you can't be mistaken for the other m1 because there's a another m1 that isn't as powerful i believe there's m1 inshore i think that's yes. the one you're talking about mm -hmm. then there's an m1 that has a different sticker yeah and uh yeah the m1 inshore is pretty sure the one yeah <laughs> and i'm throwing the nine footer okay yeah wow. so it's it's pretty pretty stout rod yeah you know so and again i'm not really doing tournaments so if i do a tournament and they have like an eight foot rod thing i'll use hud rods yeah you know, that type of thing what kind of reel 
uh, right now I've got mostly uh, still Daiwa. Okay. Uh, uh, I was Shimano for a long time again because of Cardiff. And then yeah. I had Calcutta TE and the Calcutta uh, E. Uh, uh, and then... Uh, are you using Lexus now? Or are you using? Uh, I did Lexus too for a while, uh -huh. and, and then that was uh, in the three hundred size. Yeah, and then also the uh, Tatula two hundred. I love that. The room, man. the first one that came out, uh, the HD. Uh, that's the one I was, that I was throwing. It was the two hundred HD, and those were pretty tough, and they held enough line. Is why I used them, and and because I changed line a lot, mm -hmm. uh, they held enough line. Uh, the 400 spools were so big. Nothing's taken really drag. It's kind of overkill. I'm only going to a backing anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really seeing the distance in the cast uh, difference for me anyway. And so I just went with something that I'm just going to strip it all off and put yeah. them on, you know? And, yeah. And just go go that route because, you know, otherwise I was probably even overkilling on the 400. <laughs> you know, right. not even getting down to what I'm yeah. using. Yeah. So, uh, and as long as they could handle it, you know, uh, I used it cause like you try a 100, no, you're going to bust that thing up <laughs> on those just the big baits casting alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you will. Yeah. You could say, yeah, it's doing it. Yeah. It might right now, but it might not last you very long. Yeah. So they're just, they're, those are big baits. You know, we're, we're not really casting. It's almost like catapulting. I mean, this is a... <laughs> You know what I mean? No, I get it. <laughs> it's huge. There's an art to it. I'll tell you I'm, that. <laughs> I'm thrown. I I was shocked when all this came about, and I was swim bait, and I'm thinking, man, my God, I'm throwing lures bigger in the freshwater than I ever did saltwater. Right. You know. I remember seeing at I was at Laguna Lake, right down the corner, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember fishing a spinner bait, and this guy seen this big old splash next to me. He's a big old swim bait. This is like 15 years ago, 14 years ago, and. uh I'm like, do you catch fish on that thing? He goes, yeah. I'm like, really? And then two casts later, you see him pull up like a four-pounder. I'm like, damn. Right. It does work, man. It's, right. it's crazy. Well, when you see someone, I mean, I've had people do that to me, too, where I saw a guy, and he was kind of working bank. You know, I don't know what he was throwing, crank worm, something. Yeah. But it, it had to be a crank or a blade, something fast, because he was moving pretty good. But he went by the spot I wanted to get on, and he started going up around this cove into another point so i moved up on there and within i think my second cast i had one that was close to nine and he was on his electric motor on high <laughs> just coming to me uh, how'd you do that did you did you know that fish was there he had all these questions you know and mm -hmm. and then he asked could i throw my throw the worm out there and I, yeah you think they'll hit it no what do you mean no you know, he, he didn't like my answer. What do you mean, no? Yeah. I said, because I don't, I think they like my hamburger over your fry, I said, you know, <laughs> is what I said, to, to try and make it simple. Yeah, you know? yeah, it makes sense. Really, because I, I was just a firm believer at that point because of what I was catching and what I fished 20 years prior and caught three double digits that this isn't just, it's these baits are what are attract helping me attract these fish it's not my just my fishing yes you know yeah um so uh, again because i don't know the confidence in things because uh, i started wondering what i could incorporate in the swim bait kick which would keep me in the game of big fish but 
mix it up a little more. You know, kind of not just focus on these two baits that are really doing it good for me. Uh, you know, it's hard to get off of all the time. Yeah. But I wanted something else, you know, maybe something if I wanted to do a tournament. So uh, I started throwing the giant cranks. And oh really yeah so okay. the xd like the xd 8 and 10 yeah yeah we fish them those fish got them. me three double digits no way no way i got 11 in a in a, a night tournament which was my biggest wow. uh fish in a tournament and still didn't get me big fish because i had 20 i had 23 <laughs> pounds with an 11 pounder and <laughs> guy brought in with 24 with a 12 oh, <laughs> it's like damn. oh man you took first and big fish <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. What uh, what do you uh, do? You do anything different with the crank? Do you try to get it down really deep? Do you, yeah. do you rig- I, I used my swim bait gear for him. Okay. Uh, be and uh, even still up to still twenty pound test. The only thing I might have added to it was different was throwing something that was uh, 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 fluorocarbon coated to to because of I'm wanting to stay the deep deep like that with that dive. And uh, I'm not wanting that that line resistance as much, especially getting that distance. You know, I didn't want the bowl uh, retrieve, you might say, with my crank. Mm-hmm. I wanted that crank to dive and stay down for a long distance. Yeah. You know, so, and it seemed like I achieved better with uh, the swim bait rods because uh, those things have a lot of resistance. Yeah. And when you're grinding them with a, a, a seven to one, you know, uh, and you're getting them down there at a good good pace. Having that a uh, long handle in your armpit yeah. sure helps. No, I, it's it's interesting to, to hear you yeah. say that because I've seen like DRTs coming out with one, that, and they had that toxic day, and the bill on this thing is like pff, huge. Yeah. He says it should dive like forty or fifty feet. This, right. Well, it's you know? getting down to to fish that don't when they don't see something that goes down like that uh-huh. in that area i think it's something new you know um again you know i did them at night day yeah both so I, that, I mostly that, night fished actually really my first years my first three double digits were all night by the way <laughs> yeah so i didn't start really doing a lot of day fishing until swim baits out of question is how much do you think um it's changed with pressure nowadays because you don't see the same amount of fish getting caught you don't see 10s and 12s and 14s all the time maybe people are just quiet i'm not sure up your way but uh do you see that you don't see the same amount of of (laughs) some of the boys are saying it's not the same yeah uh i don't know if it's schooled i don't know if it's that uh i do know that um bass are gonna eat and if they're not hitting your swim bait and you believe that you're not going to get them with it, then maybe you should change to something <laughs> else. I don't know. Uh, because me, I think if I locked into it enough, I think I would still get something. Uh, would it be tougher? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Because there's, again, not only is there maybe more pressure or more people that will do it or have it in the boat, mm-hmm. uh, but the live scopers. Uh, are more apt to uh, fish correctly because they're seeing the target now. Yeah. Uh, me, I'm still going based upon structure that they use, and I bounce from those 
and bounce from those until I get some activity. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't see it. The only time I might see it is when I'm leaving a spot. And if I'm leaving a spot and I go over something, I'll be back. Yeah. I'm just in the belief that you're, you might not be biting right now. So if, if, if I'm thinking it's a.m., I'm going to be back in the p.m. to see if those, these fish will hit again. Yeah. And again, whenever you're 100% just swim bait, you're going to bounce from spot to spot. And kind of, especially when you get in areas that, that pay off, uh, you kind of get a routine going, you might say. And one of those spots is going to lock you in, you know. And I don't know if the other spots are going off. Because I'm locked in on this one. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so uh, I believe that they are. Uh, again, because there was one tournament. I weighed in 37 pounds, and I got took second place. Uh, another team had 37 pounds just above us. So whenever you're catching good fish, it's going off somewhere. Else, <laughs> right. Especially same thing's if, happening somewhere right. else in the same type of condition. Right. right. Yeah. I've been humbled on that with losing big fish and big limit, never went in. And uh, I don't put nothing. If if I had a 13, a uh, 14, I still wouldn't think I had big fish. <laughs> I just would think someone else did it too out there. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's, it's the truth. I mean, you and you like, man. I mean, I've done a tournament before, and I'm like, wait, it's so shitty, you know? Yeah. And then I get back to the dock, like, hey, stick around. I'm like, why? He's like, I think you might have done well. I'm like, shit. Right, I know. I thought we did horrible, man. Right. You know, like, and you're like, shit, you know? But, um, well, we'll wrap this up. I know you guys got an arm wrestling mm -hmm. uh, deal to go do today, so good luck on match. that. Yeah, nice. That's the new thing. You're doing a little more arm wrestling My stuff. My heart's bump, bumping right now because you <laughs> mentioned arm wrestling. <laughs> it just happens that way. Uh, uh, but um, do you have anywhere they could check your stuff out or anything like an Instagram or anything like that? Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Okay. It's still under Don Mormon or Bass and Don 69. Okay. Uh, and I still have a lot of videos there. Um a lot of cast to catch. I'm sorry about the crudeness of some of them. I was an old guy who didn't know how to do technology or the correct way to do things. So, man, they're really ugly. But darn it, if, if I could just trust everybody, I guess I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> well, everybody check him out. I appreciate you coming on. And maybe we'll do another one soon. And maybe do like a roundtable with some other guys and, you know, talk about some different stuff. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm actually chasing crappie right now. Are you really? Yeah. That's your I caught deal? a three-pounder. That's big. Yeah, it's my biggest crappie so That's far. nice. I was tickled to catch it. <laughs> yeah, I really was. Nice. Well, good luck today in your in your tournament, and okay. uh, thank you for coming over, dude. You're welcome. Have a good one. Thanks.